I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shalt thou establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Selah. That means just think about, reflect on what you've just read. And the heavens shall make praise thy wonders, O Lord. Thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. For who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee? Or to thy faithfulness round about thee? Thou rulest the raging of the sea. When the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them. Thou hast broken Rahab, that's Egypt, in pieces, as one that is slain. Thou hast scattered thine enemies with thy strong arm. The heavens are thine, the earth also is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. The north and the south, thou hast created them. Tabor and Hermon shall rejoice in thy name. Thou hast a mighty arm. Strong is thy hand and high is thy right hand. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In thy name shall they rejoice all the day, and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength. And in thy favor our horn shall be exalted. For the Lord is our defense, and the Holy One of Israel is our King. Then thou spakest in vision to thy Holy One, and says, I have laid help upon one that is mighty. I have exalted one chosen out of the people. I have found David my servant with my holy oil. Have I anointed him with whom my hand shall be established Mine arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not exact upon him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. And I will beat down his foes before his face and plague them that hate him. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him. And in my name shall his horn be exalted. I will set his hand also in the sea and his right hand in the rivers. He shall cry unto me, Thou art my father. My God and the rock of my salvation. Also I will make him my firstborn higher than the kings of the earth. My mercy will I keep for him forevermore. And my covenant shall stand fast with him. His seed also will I make to endure forever. And his throne as the days of heaven. If his children forsake my law and walk not in my judgments. If they break my statutes and keep not my commandments. Then will I visit their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, 
nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. His seed shall endure forever in his throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever as the moon and as a faithful witness in heaven. Selah. I'm just going to end it right there. We can read the rest of it. I want to talk about the faithfulness of God. Did you see how I got that out of this psalm? Much about it. Now look over, hold your place there and look over at Daniel real quick. Chapter 11. Daniel 11. Just one verse. I'll read the whole verse, verse 32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatters. He's talking about the Antichrist there. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. The people that do know their God shall be strong and shall do exploits. Exploits are are heroic actions, mighty actions. But now who's going to do that? The people that know their God. I say in this world today, there aren't many people that know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not many that know him at all. There's so much heresy. There's so much modern liberalness that has entered into our, to our world, especially the religious world. And so many distortions and lies have been passed about God. And the one chief one that's being done is that God is a God of love. I mean, I hear it till I want to puke. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to spread to the lost world how God loves them. It doesn't tell us to do that. Or else they've got us sharing the gospel. Where does it tell us to share the gospel? doesn't do it. As I've told you many times before, the word share is used one time. In all 66 books of the Bible, the word share is used one time, and it has absolutely nothing with evangelically sharing the gospel. It's talking about a plowshare. A farm instrument. And that's the only time in all 66 books of the Bible that it's ever used. And yet the, the terminology that sticks with this world, God is a God of love and we must go share God's love. That's about all you hear. But it's baloney. It's, it's lies. It's not true. 
Now, we need to know God. And we need to preach the truth of God. I've got this here. Well, look, 1 Corinthians 15. Look there real quick. Now, I was on this last Wednesday, I think. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Fellowshipping with false doctrine will corrupt yours. And then he says, awake to righteousness and sin not. Wake up to righteousness. I think he's calling good manners and righteousness the same things. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Now when I say you, I don't necessarily mean you. I mean those that it refers to. When I see, I see signs in yards. A big red heart. God loves you. Do those people think that they are Upholding the truth of God there? They're not. How do they know? God loves somebody that drives by there. They don't know that. You see, God only loves in Jesus Christ. Outside of Jesus Christ, our God is a consuming fire. John 3.36 says, The wrath of God abides on their head. I see it on church signs. Join the family of God. God loves you. They're lying. I want scripture for that. And they don't have any. Well, they that do know their God, they shall be strong. And this day and age, we still have a reasonably free country. Simply because we've still got the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. That's why we ought to be well aware of of all of the above. Especially our Bill of Rights. Congress shall make no law with respect to the establishment of religion and the free exercise thereof. Meaning the governor can't shut us down. Or a president cannot shut us down. Or all of the Congress cannot shut us down. 
Although so many people acquiesced and gave in to them. We didn't and not going to. Well, it may take a little strength to go through that. I say it will. I say it does. And the more I know about my God, the stronger I'll be. And the more exploits I'll do. I don't know if y'all remembered or not. I don't know how long goes been now. A couple of years, three years. My first cousin, he's dead now. Uh, he's a well, he retired county attorney of Woodford County. And he, I, he was Catholic, and he and I have had a lot of discussions. But somebody down in Woodford County was trying to revitalize a church that had gone defunct. And he said there were some Baptist people that's going to do that. He asked me if I'd come down there, and be in that service, whatever it was. It actually wasn't a service, it was a meeting. Beverly and I went down there at the church. And uh, there's a building, they had a building. I think they were trying to revitalize the building. I don't think they really had much interest in a church. Anyway, they're getting ready, all this stuff talking about. Now you got lawyers there, you know, you got, got big wigs there. And they're trying to get something going there, and I'm trying to figure out what all's going on. And then my cousin said, well, now, we're going to have to get this thing incorporated. I said, uh-uh. I said, no, you don't want to start off wrong. You don't incorporate a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't make it a state church to start with. Boy, he got furious at me. I backed off and we left. Wasn't anything I wanted to be a part of. Now, most of these churches are incorporated. But they're state churches. We're not. Never will be. Anyway, they that do know their God, they shall be strong. And uh, they shall do exploits. I just thought I'd read you this. This is a just a index from a good theology book on the doctrine of God. Y'all listen to this. Don't get bored with it. Listen to it. The being of God, the existence of God, his mode of being, the names of God. The decrees of God, some would argue with that, say it's just decree, probably is the moral truth. Anyway, the word of God, the attributes of God. An attribute is a characteristic. The things that make up, make him who, who and what he is. The infinity of God. We're finite, he's infinite. The independency of God. 
the immutability of God. That's the unchangeableness. The knowledge of God. <laughs> the foreknowledge of God. The power of God. The grace of God. Oh, I've got three, three chapters on that. The mercy of God. We talked about that some this morning, didn't we? The faithfulness of God. The wisdom of God. The love of God, the will of God, the sovereignty of God, the long-suffering of God, the holiness of God, the providence of God, and the silence of God. And I get you other, other theology books has got different ones. Just knowing who God is. Just to know God. Now, I chose for today the faithfulness of God. I've read Psalm 89 to you. Look at 2 Timothy 3 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Perilous means hard to be dealt with. And boy do we have them. 2 Timothy 3 verse 1. Now verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Truce breakers in these last days. Do you like dealing with somebody that tells you something and they're faithful to it and get it done? Or do you like dealing with somebody that says, yeah, I'll do that and then never think of it again? Which one's the best one? Well, the last one, you can't deal with those people. And that's where we are in this world today. But I want you to know that God is faithful. Amen. When I was a kid, I don't know if any of the rest of you went through this. Most, of, most adults didn't know, they didn't care what your name was. Boy was good enough. Hey boy, I don't think my daddy ever found out my name. Hey, boy. But they say, boy, your word is your bond. Anybody ever hear that? I don't think many people hear that nowadays. 
If you've got nothing else, you've got your word. And I'll tell you what, somebody that knows that their word is their bond and they live up to it, they will be somewhat successful in this world. But not many people know that. Not many do. Well, marriages or any other agreement, faithfulness is required. Faithfulness. We who know God through Jesus Christ can exult in the doctrine of God's faithfulness. But let me show you what people we've got today. They didn't just get here. Isaiah 30. Verse 9. Now back at verse 8. Now go write it before them in a table. And note it in a book that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. That this is a rebellious people. Lying children. Children that will not hear the law of the Lord. Do you think we don't have that now? Which say to the seers, those are the prophets, see not. And to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Huh. Get you out of the way, turn aside out of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Wherefore thus saith the Holy One of Israel. Because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay thereon. Therefore this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall. Swelling out in a high wall whose breaking cometh suddenly at an instant. I think this describes our world today. Lying is the, is the order. I'm talking about from the White House on. Lie to the people. I've heard people say, well, you have to lie to get elected. Can you imagine anything that is so wicked to say, you have to lie to get elected? As if getting elected is the, is the goal, regardless of how they get there. And that's exactly what they're saying. You have to lie to get elected. Well, I want you to know that God is not a liar. Amen. I want you to know that God is faithful. God is faithful to his creation. Look over Genesis 8. Genesis chapter 8. Verse 20, after the flood was over, 
Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. That is with the flood. While the earth remaineth. Now all of you global warming nuts, all of you idiots, all we're, we're, we're about to kill ourselves. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Now that's God's promise. Well, we've been, how long since the flood? 4,500 years? And he's kept his promise. And whether you run your exhaust pipe and these idiotic electric vehicles, now, somebody wants an electric vehicle, that's your business. But these goofy politicians, now there's Ford Motor Company making a deal with China to build those batteries because Biden says everybody's going to have one electric vehicle by 2030. I ain't having one. They ain't big enough to make me. Of course, they'd have to give me a lot of money before I could get one. I can't afford one of them. And I don't want one of them. There ain't nothing wrong with gasoline, and gasoline is not changing the climate. Man's doing nothing to change the climate. Any climate change that there is, and there is, it's been coming since the world has been readjusting to the post-flood of Noah's day. God is faithful to his creation. He promised to perpetuate the seasons. And he has delivered. While you're there in Genesis, go to chapter 15. Verse 12, and when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. This is some 500 years after the flood. And lo and horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. And shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. He said, well, somewhere it says 430. 430 was the total time. Yet they afflicted them for 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve, will I judge. 
I think that was in our psalm, wasn't it? He broke Rahab to pieces. And after shall they come out with great substance. How in the world did they get all that gold to build the tabernacle? And silver and all that. I came out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. I think 175 years old is a good old age. <clears throat> but in the fourth generation they shall come hither again. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. We preached on that not long ago. God has been faithful to his elect nation. Before they were ever a people. God promised to deliver them out of bondage of 400 years. They're not even a people yet when God said that. Now here's some fulfilled prophecy. Revelation is not much fulfilled prophecy. There's some, unf some fulfilled. Most of it's unfulfilled. This is fulfilled prophecy. And this is their sojourn in, e in Egypt. Well, look at Exodus 12. Now what did God promise them? In Exodus 12, <clears throat> verse 40, now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. Now notice it says the sojourning. He didn't say that in Genesis 15. He said they will be afflicted 400 years. Here he says their sojourning is 430 years. That means the whole time from getting down from Israel and getting into Egypt and all of that and then them finally putting them in slavery. And it came to pass at the end of 430 years, even the selfsame day it came to pass, that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. All the hosts of the Lord, that's all the tribes of Israel. Amen. Sound like a lot of people to me. I believe there's a, a, close to six million there. Now what did God tell them through Abram? You're going to go, you're going to be a nation. You're going to go into a land that is not yours. You're going to be enslaved for 400 years. The total time amounting to 430 years. But at the end of that time, I'm going to bring you forth. Well, now when the children of Israel cried out to God, did they change God's mind? No. I believe God worked on both ends there. I believe he worked on them to cry, and I believe he's already working on the other end to get them out of there. When you're praying in the will of God, it probably is not brand new to you. Probably God has worked on you as well for you to pray. This is the will of God. Keep that in mind. 
Anyway, I said one time here, well, there, look at there in Exodus 12. What did you say, Lord? That you're going to deliver them after 430 years? Really? Here they come. <laughs> Here they come. <coughs> Shouldn't be surprised. Shouldn't been a surprise to anyone. Here they come. Why? Because God is faithful. And what he promises, he delivers. He's as faithful to his elect people. Now let me say this. There are some people that teach that there are no more Jews. There's some Baptists, claim to be Baptists, and teach that there is no more Jewish nation. That they all ended in 70 AD. But I don't believe that for a minute. Because I know God is faithful. Look at Jeremiah 31. Verse 10, hear the word of the Lord, O you nations, and declare, declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as the shepherd does his flock. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the hand of him that was stronger than he. God is not going to forget his nation, he's faithful. To his nation. And he's also faithful to his elect. Look back at Genesis 3.15. As he put the curse. In the garden of Eden. He said verse 15. I'll put enmity. Between thee and the woman, and between thy seed, her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. First John says he, Christ was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And here it was in the Garden of Eden. God promised the deliverer, the Messiah, for all of his people, in Genesis 3.15, the first man and the first woman, the mother of all living, first Adam, nobody before him. People talk about prehistoric times. They're lying to you folks. There are no prehistoric times. You can't go past Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And all things were made by him. Everything that was made by him. And there's not anything that was made 
that was not made by him. Were it not for the faithfulness of God, Christ would not have come. Paul said in Galatians, In the fullness of the time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, made under the law, that he might redeem them that were under the law. In the fullness of the time. Whose time was it? It was God's time. It wasn't things just happened so that it could occur. It was the fullness of God's predestinated time. Couldn't have been any other. God promised in Psalm 12. Verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth. Purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. God promised in his faithfulness to preserve his word. Now let me tell you what the problem is with all of these translations. There's no end to them. They just keep on. Because they don't have any confidence in the faithfulness of God. They don't think God is able to keep his word. They don't think God is able to preserve his word. And it's got to be like men, the Westcots and the Horts, heretics that have to preserve the word of God. Go back and dig up what they can find. And then they make their text and all of that. I believe God's faithful. And that's why I say, I'm not in the market for another translation. Don't try to sell me one. I won't buy it. I don't want anything to do with it. Now, if you want to give me one of them, I'll probably keep it. Just like I've got Catholic Bibles. I've got them just to show how wrong they are. I don't have a Jehovah's False Witness Bible. I used to have one. Somehow it got away from me, but I will not buy another one. Somebody wants to give me one, I'll take it. I don't want all that stuff. Why? Because God is faithful. That's why. God is faithful. He promised to preserve his word, and he has preserved his word. This is the word of God. It's the King James translation in English. The Bible wasn't written in English. When the Bible was written, even the book of Revelation in 95 AD, and it was either 95 or 96, no earlier, there wasn't such a language as the English language. And yet we've got the word of God in our English from the King James translation. 
has nothing to do with King James. Nothing at all. The text of the King James is the word of God. Because God's faithful. And if you don't believe that, you look to another translation. He promised to give eternal life to his elect. Look at John 10. Verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. That's what Jesus Christ said. If you deny the eternal security of the blood-bought believer, you're denying the word of God and you're a heretic. God is faithful and he has promised to give us eternal life. And once he's given you eternal life, if you ever lost it, it never was eternal. So it was a lie to start with. Matthew 16, 18. I'm going to run out of time here. He said, I will build upon this rock. I will build my kind of church. I added the word kind, but that's what he's talking about. Not anybody else's kind. It's his kind. My church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, the reason you've got all of these Protestants and so-called Baptists that call themselves Protestants, such as Southern Baptists, is because they don't know their God. They don't know this God. This God promised perpetuity to his kind of church. And that's all we need to find. I love the history. You know I studied the history and I even teach it. But I don't need the trail of blood. To prove to me that Jesus started his kind of church during his upon himself during his public ministry, and he has perpetuated it in every day till now and will till he comes again. I don't need anybody else's book to tell me that I've got this book. Matthew 16, 18, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Lo, I'm with you always by days to the end of the age. That's his promise. And God's faithfulness. You know what? Every now and then, something will be said, and I'll say, I don't think I deserve that. I think I've laid down a better behavior than that. Whatever it is. I think I've proven myself over the years. I think I've proven myself in the ministry here. I'm not perfect, but I know one thing. If you follow my example in the ministry here, you'll love the Word of God. You'll study the Word of God. And you'll attend to the Word of God. You'll attend to the services of God. Paul said, follow me as I follow the Lord. I'll say that, maybe not to the extent that Paul would, but I'll say it 
to some extent, follow me as I follow the Lord. We're following the Lord. He promised to perpetuate his kind of church, and he's done it, and he will do it. He's promised to abide with us daily. He said, his mercies are new every morning. You don't need me to tell you, you wake up in the morning, you thank God that you woke up, you thank God for the night's rest, you thank God that you still got another day to serve him. And why is that? Because his mercies are new every morning. Oh, he's promised to come again for us. Look at John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. There is the faithfulness of God. Amen. He promised to come again and receive us unto himself. And that's still as much a promise as it was the day that he said it. He promised to provide a kingdom to reign in. Look at 2 Timothy. Chapter 2 and verse 12. 11. It is a faithful saying, For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. He said, if we suffer with him, we shall reign with him. He's talking about doctrine and rewards there. And suffering with him. You know, a lot of people are not suffering with him. They're serving him with lip service, but not with their actual service. They're not suffering with him. And then look at the next verse. If we believe not, see, he said, if we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, faithful he cannot deny himself. And what that verse says, God is faithful, he cannot deny himself. He will punish all sinners outside of Christ. God is faithful. Do you see how knowing God and having that in your heart and mind, you could be a lot stronger serving the Lord. 